That's right, you geeks. Welcome into the Echo Screen, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. As always, I am your host, the Commodore. That's true. I'll take it. <laughs> and, and joining me, as always, is Rue. Rue, how are you doing? Snow party. Ain't no party like a snow party, because snow party don't stop till it stops snowing. So, for the first time, both of us are... Embroiled in snow. Embroiled. Well, embroiled is probably the wrong word. <laughs> Aren't there heat connotations to that? Um, but we, we both we both are in the midst of the icy grip of old man winter. How it's, that say? it's exciting. Oh, my God. It just started snowing. Going to get a foot. Crazy. We're gonna, we're, yeah, the, the, the show will be over in 10 minutes tonight. Yes. So the roof can go make snow angels. Yes. If, 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 and, the, uh, if, the whole, if the whole shebang just collapses, it's probably because I lost power or something like that. So we'll find out. Oh, good. Yeah. Hey, I have a question to ask you first, though. Uh, 42. Nope. Okay. You, you need to you, – you have specified the wrong question. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to hate myself for doing this. Okay, I just want you to realize I'm looking right at you right now. You're, I'm going to hate myself for doing this, but I'm going to do it just because you're you're. It's snow party time. Mm -hmm. Okay, are you ready? Okay. I have a question for you. Yes. Do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> I know no. someone who's been watching a lot of Frozen. No. Yes. She rejected Frozen. I tried to get her to watch it. She wouldn't watch it. Could it have anything uh, to do with the fact that she's like three months old? Well, I, I, I talked to her. I talked to her for about a, a good thirty minutes before we turned it on about why I didn't like it. <laughs> so maybe that had something to do with it. Uh, hey, folks, you might also recognize that uh, we are indeed back on the chat. <laughs> We're back to We're, the IRC chat because we like to mix it up every three episodes. Yeah, every three episodes or so, we like to switch out. You know, we we have we have that kind of thing going on. Anyway, yeah, uh, I will not be speaking in the chat, and there's a there's a very distinct reason. It's because every time I log into the chat. Chat Logs. techie server goes and changes my nickname so that I'm known as guest six one seven five eight. So if anybody can figure out why that is happening to me, then um, please uh, please tweet. It's the yeah. Commodore. Yeah, then then, then, <laughs> then help then help please. Uh, we are doing a program tonight, so we'll we'll try to stick to a, a better schedule than we have of late. Although that will never happen. Anyway, we you actually want to get to sleep tonight? Is that it? I do actually want to get to sleep tonight. That would be nice. Um, <laughs> and I, I at least want to give you, you know, an hour to, to roll around naked in the snow in the backyard. Mm. Um, the topic du jour of the evening happens to be, uh, you know, specifically about the length of games. And I like, I like the way you put it, on video game length. Yeah, I was actually kind of struggling with the topic name tonight. <clears throat> and I think on video game length is... is Perhaps most accurate, because I, I have a feeling we're just going to have a, a nice little round table discussion, you know, like in black and white, smoking cigarettes in like in the 60s, talking about what's to be done about this Homer Simpson. Mm. Or just talk about video game like that. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, something like that. But, but in either case, we landed on a good topic. So we're going we're gonna to keep that one. We're going to do opine on the topic of the length of video games. <laughs> what... What kind of? Oh, and thank thank you for Techie for explaining the fact that I simply didn't authenticate, uh, which totally makes sense. What I was unclear about was why it was allowing me in the chat with my original name, even though I hadn't authenticated, as if I had authenticated, and then it would ruthlessly change my name 
as if I had not authentic. Oh, um, there you go. Yeah, so uh, the topic du jour is not the only <laughs> thing we do in this program. We also have uh, we also have a, a. In fact, I think your vote was to change the the topic du jour officially to the uh, officially to the uh, analysis by or paralysis by analysis section. Or if you want to shorten it up, analysis paralysis. Analysis paralysis. Okay. If we can't if we can't change the name of the whole dang thing, we're just going to name that part of the show analysis paralysis. Because right. and, it's accurate, so, right? And and as you good. know, we, we came up with that. We didn't just bring well, that out we of the vacuum. We didn't come up with it. No, we are now a full blown real podcast. This is true. If you would like to find us uh, to listen at while you're at work, uh, you know, working for the man, yep, having your dreams crushed, you can find us on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, the podcatching app of your choice on Android uh, by just searching for Echo Screen Live, and we totally. Uh, and 100% appreciate any uh, uh, reviews you can give us, especially on iTunes. That helps people find us. Uh, so be honest. I mean, we actually uh, had a our lowest review we read last week just for uh, to, to see what people had to say. And we uh, took that as a constructive criticism. Yes. And also renamed part of our show after it. So analysis paralysis. So uh, we're both feeling pretty bad because of the scathing review we got last time. So I thought it was fair. We'll have to find something that's more positive this time. <laughs> yeah, so maybe um, I'll maybe I'll read another uh, 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 review later on. But anyway, in the meantime, yeah. uh, we do have three portions of the program, including the topic du jour or analysis paralysis, whatever you prefer. We have the news and notes, the T and B, the tids and bits. Those are things that we think you should be, you know, or at least not me shouldn't be thinking about. We're gonna we're gonna tell you some things that we're thinking about, and if you don't like them, you can just shove it. <laughs> wow, I got violent. I I just I'm sick of this. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm actually not sick of it. So, and then uh, we'll do the topic du jour, and then we will go into the third portion of the program, which is the question and answer portion of the program, uh, during which a question that you ask us right now could could, and I emphasize could, be answered live on the air. Don't you want that? Uh, you can ask us about all kinds of stuff. You can ask us about the TNB. You can ask us about the, the topic du jour. You can ask us about life in general if that happens to be what you're looking for some advice for. Maybe some dating uh, advice. Maybe some advice yeah. on uh, how to make a good pasta salad. Yeah, or the housing market. Please ask us about the housing market. Um, but anyway, those are that's the agenda, folks, yes. just in case you were, and you so, were confused. And so you can, send, you can send questions to at It's the Commodore on Twitter, or now that we're back in the IRC chat, just PM him. Yeah, so. PM me, Maine. Let me know. All right, so uh, although it's going to be hard to yeah, PM I just me, realized if you're not in the chat, that'd be difficult. So well, look here. Here <laughs> is my name. Send your questions I'm now. I'm the Commodore. Guest six one seven five eight. Perfect. Okay, good. Uh, now, uh, just just PM guest six one seven five eight. All right, great. I'll get that fixed before we uh, do the next show. Okay. Red Mage has already posed the uh, the little T and B section, uh, put it in proper context. Okay. okay, which is to say, he said this in the chat, by the way. I don't think anything interesting happened game wise this week. We were yeah, just—I think he's probably right about that. <laughs> we were just discussing before the show, like, hmm, what actually happened in video games this week or the past uh, couple weeks? Yeah, not much. It we did like, not come up with much. It seemed like we had so much to talk about last time, and not not as much this time. So we're we're kind of going a little bit further afield. Yeah, we're stretching. Uh, <clears throat> stretching. Why don't you kick us off? 
Okay. Uh, here is one that I got excited about. Um, I don't, you know, this one's been brewing for a while. I know we talked, I think we even mentioned this before that it might happen, but it's official now that um, Netflix, along with Paul Rubens, <laughs> is producing a new Pee Wee Herman movie. Why? Is my well, question. I'll be honest with you. I think the world was not yet done with Pee Wee. <laughs> I'm thinking Paul Rubens uh, probably needs uh, a little bit of padding in his bank account. So, um, yeah. What was the name that they chose on this one? It's like Pee Wee's uh, Holiday, Pee Wee's Big Holiday, or something like that. Okay. Did no, no information about the actual movie itself right just no and i mean i mean other than the, i mean you know what is is that holiday in the british setting is it was it a holiday like it's going to be a christmas movie I, it's I a don't... christmas movie maybe it's going to yeah. supplant national lampoon's christmas vacation as your favorite christmas movie doubtful however it is also being produced by judd apatow so that's what i think is giving me a little bit more confidence could be interesting you know i never saw peewee's big uh no uh peewee's peewee's big top Pee-wee's, big top adventure right Pee-wee's big top adventure i saw the actual peewee's big adventure which was a classic it's classic with it's large marge included tim burton but um <laughs> uh launched the uh career of danny elfman as a film score composer and and taught a lot of children about the alamo and that it mm-hmm. does not have a basement it's uh, that is so true. <laughs> I, I had no idea what the Alamo was, and the only reason I knew is because of the Pee Wee Herman. Also, that weird dinosaur park in the middle of the desert, which is a real thing. Oh, and it was yeah, in, it was in the real. Wizard. Yeah, it was in the Wizard. Huh. <laughs> Look at all the things you learned. Yeah. Fascinating. Up from what, from Pee Wee. What does Pee Wee have yet to teach us? I well, I don't know. Probably uh, not much. But I do think it's cool that Paul Rubens is resurrecting the character. <clears throat> I think. Uh, what I, you know, Pee-wee as a character is, is pretty interesting because I think back, you know, when he was first conceived was kind of his adult comedy. And then it really got kind of picked up by kids. And so it became a kid's show and kids really loved it, blah, blah, blah. And it'll be interesting to see kind of what the next iteration is for Pee-wee, whether it's going to be, um, this is going to be more adult humor or whether this is going to be more geared for kids. <laughs> Maybe it'll be as Red Mage uh, put it in the chat. The sequel will be Pee Wee's trip to the theater. That's certainly yeah. more adult situations. Yeah. Anyway, um, Pee Wee goes to camp. Uh, um, <laughs> any of those other movies? You know, probably could. could uh, Ernest saves Christmas. Ernest saves Christmas. Pee Wee saves Christmas. Pee Wee's first holiday. Pee Wee's. Never mind. Um, All right, let's get off this topic. Next. Thank you. So uh, rumors abound of Apple creating an Apple ca- car. Getting into the car business. Nothing nothing officially announced yet, but there's lots of rumors flying around now about an electric minivan made by Apple. Uh, and this has really popped off a lot of uh, speculation about, oh my God, is the center of the car world moving from Detroit, I mean, what's left in Detroit, to Silicon Valley, right? Because mm-hmm. now you have Tesla, you have Google, yes doing the self-driving car thing. And now you have Apple getting into electric vehicles, potentially, um, and maybe also doing a self-driving thing as well. So the question is put forward, 
Is Silicon Valley the new Detroit? Uh, is that a? Um, it was it was mildly rhetorical, but also a directed rhetorical at question. You. Yeah. So, uh, what, what are your? As in, what are your thoughts on it, Mister Commodore? Um. By the way, I got my nick back. Hey. So, uh, thank you, Techie, for um, reminding me of the old IRC commands. Anyway, uh, <laughs> while you were talking about the old Apple Car thing, so I, you know, I think, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. It, it, here's the thing: I'm not convinced. So, I read an article by some douchebag. So, <laughs> have, you, so okay. have you ever? So, okay, you need to be more specific. I, I need to. I need to. I need to ask you a question. Okay. That Is guy. Yes, I want to build that's, a snowman. That's, that used to always be on the History Channel. Now he's on like all these other channels, and he's oh, like ancient he's this Asian guy. guy that's like the, that's a futurist, but he's also a physicist. Grant Imahara? No, it's not Grant Imahara. Uh, Do you know what I'm talking about? He's got white hair. Jamie Heineman. kind of like a kind of like a bowl cut. Oh, oh, Stephen and, Hawking. Yeah, and Birdman. Uh, and he's he comes up as a, a physicist and now, a futurist. You mean uh, I can't pronounce his name? Micho Kaku? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, him. Anyway, you know that guy? Yeah. Um, I can't stand that guy. (laughs) I cannot stand that guy. And and it's not because I don't think the guy is trying to point at interesting scientific (laughs) topics or stuff that technology can do for us. But because if you listen to him, every single thing out of that man's mouth is about how we are now doing stuff that is right out of science fiction. It's right out of the comic books. You see? Is that exactly how he sounds? It is exactly, it's exactly how it sounds. <laughs> we, are now, we are now able to open up the dreams in people's minds as video files. Like it's, 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 you, just, you just listen to the guy and you go, shut up, you idiot. Like, I never got that from him, honestly. Oh, I hate that guy. But if we're, anyway, on, if we're, if we're on the topic of science guys that we don't like to listen to who happen to have uh, big positions in the media, have you ever listened to Radiolab? No. Okay, so it's like this NPR show that tackles interesting topics except I hate the show because it's totally overproduced. Like mm-hmm. they can't they like they edit the way they edit it together just drives me nuts and they have like people like <clears throat> like they'll have someone talking and in between every pause they have either like a sound effect or they have someone else talking and it's just it just drives me nuts. But one of the hosts is named Robert Krulwich and he used to or he maybe he still does, I don't know, but at least at least he used to do like NPR Science Friday. And just yeah. his the way he talks sounds so demeaning <laughs> to me. Like like he's just like, "Hey, listen, little Jimmy, this is how the sun works, you big yeah. dummy." Or something like that. You piece just, of garbage. Yeah, you're like you dumb idiot. Let me try to dumb this down for you. Just like that's the sense I get. I can't stand listening to him. Anyway, All right, well, we, that's not what that's not this guy's problem. What this were guy's we talking about? Apple cars. Futurist. <laughs> we're talking about Apple cars. Right. So, but futurist apparently means that you can basically <laughs> sing the plot out of a science fiction movie to anybody and say it's the future. Yeah, futurist. And everyone is looks a, at you like yeah. you're a crazy idiot. Anyway. Uh, not <laughs> Kaku or whatever the hell his name is. Not him. No. The, this, there was, this was some other blowhard who calls himself a futurist. Robert I read an Krulwich. article no. by him this week about the Apple Car thing. And because his whole thing, his whole idea is this, the autonomous car is going to destroy our economy and it's fantastic because we need to embrace it so that it will rebuild our economy in the right way. Wait, it's going to destroy our, our economy? And then, and then it? it's going to and then it's going to rebuild it single handedly. This this is how futurists Skynet? think. 
futurists think like this, right? They don't have something called reason or reality to bear. It's simply science. It's simply out of a science fiction novel. Um, anyway, Aliens? his idea was this. None of us are going to be, are going to be uh, running around in autonomous cars that we ourselves purchase because the future <clears throat> is actually to get rid of all self-driving cars. You mean all personal vehicles? All personal vehicles and yeah, all public this. transportation. I've heard this. And that, we're, and that the only people that are going to be buying cars are Uber and whatever else is left out there. And then we're just going to walk out our door and say, I need a car at this point. And they come over and then we get in the car and they drive us where we want to go. And I think among this being anti-American and <laughs> totally bullcrap. Communist. This sounds I, like I, some I, commie European stuff you're talking about. I, I think it's all something right out of a science fiction novel. Um, yeah. Anyway, so so I don't think that's what's going to happen at all. You know, you know why I'm excited about uh, uh, or autonomous vehicles or self-driving cars? Because I don't have to drive all the time. Didn't you say you just got in? I can drive sometimes <laughs> when I want to drive. And then the car can drive <clears throat> at times when I don't want to drive. So I, I think in your ram incoherent rambling in which God awards you no points and may have, <laughs> yeah. may have, yeah. have mercy on your soul. Hey, God have mercy on my soul. Yeah. But, uh, you, you actually hit on what I was trying to or what I was going to say or going to get at, which is I, I don't think it's that. I, I think the people that are saying is the center of the car world moving to Silicon Valley are, are missing the point. It's not that these companies, except for Tesla, obviously are making cars mm -hmm. or making a line of cars. They're not being car companies, but they're utilizing technology, which will be used in many kinds of cars. Uh, Google is coming out with, or is developing self-driving cars along with lots of other places because it's a technology they can utilize and they can sell and right. they can market and it helps provide, you know, move things along. I, and I think that Apple is going down, if this whole electric van, th the fact that it's billed as an electric van in mm -hmm. um, the rumors tells a lot because sure. I think that they're banking on what you were just saying. They're like, hey, <clears throat> wouldn't it be awesome if you could just, you know, uh, hail an Apple van, an electric Apple van, something like Uber, and it just automatically drives you where you want. You don't have to worry about paying, you know, uh, people, you don't have to worry about anyone killing you, you know, uh, dumping you in a ditch or whatever, uh, yeah. whatever they worry about at Apple. Right. Um, not much, not much these days, by the way. <laughs> but I think that is what they are banking on is exactly what you were saying. And other people have been talking about that. Oh, this future where no one needs to own a car. It's like, well, okay, that's nice. The in future. Theory. <clears throat> I don't, I don't, like I don't see that really happening, at least especially in America where, um, Ownership and car culture is so much bigger than it is in many other places in the world. And and listen, it's a it's a you know, call us whatever you want. There is something uniquely American about the experience <laughs> of being able to jump in a car and the freedom that comes with driving wherever you want to go. Just go where you want to go. I, and I exactly. But I, I also have to agree with everyone or most people in the chat who <clears throat> I am very very much looking forward to the idea of the self-driving car in whatever forms yes. it, it's going to be a gradual thing you know yes. you, there are already cars that are starting to implement such technology in small ways like i think nissan has cars that will automatically guide you back into the center of your lane if you're drifting and stuff like that right. 
parallel parking on their own. Exactly. That's that been around for a while, but it, it's going to take a while, but I'm highly looking forward to it because I, I hate having to worry, like think about my commute in, you know, I could, you know, right. just zone out or whatever. Or you know. actually, you know, traffic gives me when, rage. when you, when I, when you're in the city and you actually do need a taxi, it would be nice to have an autonomous taxi show up because I mean, at that point, sure. you're essentially just go in, you tell it where to go and it gets the GPS and it finds the best way there. I mean, that's great. You're not kind of at the whim of somebody else who might know the best way to get there, who, you know, God only knows. And you got to listen to their story about how they're in graduate school and they got all these math books on the seat. And I, mean, I don't want to talk. Just get me to where I'm trying to go. That's a little bit personal. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. We, um, we've actually burned through our 20 minutes of tens of bits yeah. on two. I don't even. We, we had more, but I'm just going to throw it out because oh. we need to move on. All right. Sounds good. <clears throat> okay. So, um, uh, you know, not that, that we were going to meander even further because we probably would have. The topic du jour, otherwise known as analysis paralysis, <laughs> um, that we will be uh, focusing on today are, are the length of games. Now, what, what made you think of this topic, Rue? So. In a, in a long line of disappointing big budget titles that have come out lately in term in the world of video games, uh, The Order 1886, which I never quite understood what everyone was excited about in the first place, looked like a pretty standard first person shooter to me. Emphasis on pretty. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. But it comes out and uh, the, re- the reviews aren't necessarily scathing. I think it has an average no. of like 65% on Metacritic or something. But let's face it. They're tepid. 65% is not good. Uh, they're 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 lukewarm. Yeah, exactly. With the great inflation going on with video game reviews nowadays, like a seventy percent is kind of your your middling game. Right. Um, and this was a big budget AAA title out for the exclusively for the PlayStation Four. Supposed to be big deal. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people just were lukewarm on it. A, a lot of uh, reasons for it. Um, but one of the big ones that was that's been bandied about is the length. You know, basically, the game will take you five to ten hours to complete, depending Mm -hmm. on how, you know, if you're meandering around or if you're actually goal oriented. Right. Mm -hmm. That's that's not a long time in the grand scheme of things, especially for a game that how many times you're going to really go through the campaign setting on on, uh, a first person shooter like that, really. You know, exactly. So. So, so that let the question to my mind is, you know, because that again, that was the main reason why people were saying that they did not like the game or they were really disappointed in it. So, right. in my mind, it, it kind of jogged some memory because that didn't seem like something people have worried about for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, in if I recall correctly, it seemed like in the late '90s, everyone was talking about the length of games. A game had to be, especially with RPGs, maybe maybe it was specific to RPGs. It's like if an RPG didn't wasn't 70 hours long, it, was, it wasn't even worth your time. You know, games like mm-hmm. Parasite Eve came out, which oh. were highly, highly rated, but yep. short relative to epics like uh, uh, length in terms of epics like Final Fantasy VII or Xenogears, Xenogears mm-hmm. being ridiculously long. Mm-hmm. And uh, that seemed to drop by the wayside, I thought, but now it's coming back up again and the kind of i don't know i just want to kind of pick the brain and discuss a little bit is this is game length really all that important it, it or or when does it when is it not as important basically yeah 
I mean, one thing we should point out is it's certainly the length of the game and the tepid reviews has certainly not hurt the sales of the Order 1886 because it's sold very well. Um, so, you know, maybe it, maybe this is a good combination and not a bad combination that we're talking about because it certainly is a fairly popular game. Um, I even think it, it <clears throat> became number one in the UK uh, this week. Oh, sure. And and several other countries where you know which are key Western market demographics, and that's the funny um, thing is that the is like Tepper response isn't necessarily going to stop sales. No, but it's 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 just interesting because there are so many games out there that are reviewed very well and they don't sell at all, and then you have games that are reviewed very poorly or, or poorly, not not very poorly, and just you know they're they're big hits, relatively poorly for a AAA game. Yeah, for a AAA game, ish. Yeah, so. Um, you know, does is length a factor here? I guess is what we're saying, and I, I think to a certain extent it is. I mean, one need not look very far back into the history of this program to find us both kind of uh, moaning the fact that games these days are are kind of in some ways too long for our taste because we want to be able to get back to life. Oh yeah, you know? um, where we're, we're we're adults now. We have lives. We have sit around not to offend any of you that sit around and play video games all the time well i mean let's face it if you're a teenager if you're in high school or even college you have a lot more free time you do and so without that free time a lot of times i like shorter games or at least experiences you can jump in and out of um i have always had a dislike of longer games but that begs the question how long is too long how short is too short um, and I don't think that there's a calculus for this. I think it's more about kind of what the experience of the game really is. You know, if you beat Angry Birds because over the course of three months you, you know, find a way to, to beat this one level, you know, you couldn't beat and you finally finished the game. Is, did that mean that Angry Birds took you three months to beat or is it, you know, just kind of a, the form factor, the experience itself of <coughs> You know, the, the experience of Angry Birds itself is something that was ultimately very much repeatable. Right. And that's that's a hallmark of the of the quote unquote casual game, which mm-hmm. Angry Birds obviously is. I mean, but <clears throat> so are games like Tetris or mm-hmm. uh, or hell, even Minecraft. You know, it's a game that you can pick up and put down in any length of time. You could play Angry Birds for five hours. You could play it for right. five minutes. And the thing is, is that there's no set ending. There's no, right. it's not like Super Mario Brothers, where there's a set number of levels and you're done, right. or, or order eighteen eighty six. You, you win. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's a it's a different type of game. So I almost, I almost want to take that, put it in a lockbox, and set it aside as a different with, with our social security. And yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a reference many people probably won't get. Yeah. Um. And Into the nineties, bitches. <laughs> uh, but. <clears throat> Put that aside and kind of call it a different type of game entirely. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's something that length in a sandbox game or a puzzle game or things like that. Length is an abstraction. It doesn't actually matter. Um, right. It, it's only you can play it as long as <clears throat> as you want and get new experiences. Mm, yes. Essentially. Yes. I see what you're saying. Um, but if you're taking just games that have a set. Uh, beginning and end point. The length of games have definitely 
increased over the years. Uh, Super Mario Brothers can be beat in as little as 15, 20 minutes, you know, by by normal people. Uh, Right. Maybe 25 minutes for normal people. But that's not a long time. Yeah. I mean, no one bemoans that. No, yeah, no, no one, no one screams, I guess, about that stuff. I, I, it, it's really difficult to classify. There are so many different kinds of games that it's difficult to kind of figure out what that calculus should be. Here's, here's my, here's my question to you: mm-hmm. Have you played a game that you thought was too short? Um, I'm sure I have. Yes, I, I think I've got one. Would, would you not? So, would you nominate one in particular? Uh, you go first. All right. My game, the uh, a game that I will that I finish that I will nominate as being too short is the original Portal. Ah, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, it was, and that's interesting. Is that a fair criticism? Because it wasn't really meant to be a full game. No, it was almost a. It's like a concept. Yeah, it was a little, it was a little tech puzzle game. tech demo kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it was a, it was but, taken from that kind of puzzle tech demo and turned into a full release game. You were left wanting more, and you were left wanting more. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, so the original was too short. However, the sequel was just right. It wasn't too long and it wasn't too short. Um, and I think, uh, you know, when <clears throat> when Valve set out to make Portal 2, they knew that they had created an experience that was just kind of a taste and they needed to kind of expand the mechanics of the universe. Um, and they did a beautiful job, um, if you ask me. So that was one that was one I thought was too short. Yeah, and there's and there's people in the chat who I, everyone has a, an example of a game that they wanted more of that they thought was a little bit too short. Yes. Um, Beyond Good of Evil, Beyond Good and Evil, I should say. Uh, I think Beyond Good and Evil was pretty good. Half Life, Blue yeah. Shift, Space Channel Five, um, you know, stuff like that. And yep, that's something that you know. Yeah. So so that's the that's the thing is is it's the definition of a game being too short. When it leaves you wanting more, is that mm-hmm. is that a fair assessment? I mean, like, what what is too short? Does it depend on genre? Uh, is yeah, a, I think it is. I mean, is is fifteen hours for a, a first person shooter okay, but fifteen hours for an RPG way too short? Yeah, I mean, RPGs just have a different kind of expectation, I think, from people. Well, and I think I think the key the key word there, and I think Sonic Rose was saying something about this a minute ago in the chat was. Uh, replayability. That's the key word. Yep. yep. How many times are you expected to play through? Is the standard person expected to play through an RPG? Once. Really, once. I mean, uh, sometimes they have little things that will, um, or, or, or tricks, if you want, if you will, game modes that will let you, or make you want to play it again. Like Chrono Trigger is the first one that comes to mind. Where they have like a dozen different endings and to help facilitate that so you don't have to go through the whole slog over and over. It has the new game plus where you can start over with your characters being the same level as they just ended the game with. And so you can just you can just power through it. Right. Right. Um, But yes, generally, you're only supposed to play through an RPG once. So it's kind of expected to be a certain length to be worth your while, like 30 hours or whatever. This Uh, also doesn't include the kind of completionist cultural community that is a lot i think a lot of gamers that are just trying to you know do every single thing in a game because obviously that game is going to get much much longer if you you know stop and smell all the roses right so there's that going on too Um, right 
Um, I think what you're, what you're talking about is, is kind of just getting through at a normal, steady pace without just trying to do every single thing in the game. Yes. Because RPGs exactly. can get awfully heavy if you try to do everything. Exactly. And it's, and it's hard to just pick up and put down. So it's more of an investment, really. Um, similar to those line, lines, but I think with a different expectation are games like and this was just brought up by Adam, I think, in the chat. Gone Home. We've talked about Gone Home before. We've talked about To the Moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, or hell, the Telltale games like um, Back to the Future or yeah. or or um, yeah, or Walking Dead. or I haven't played the Game of Thrones one. Game of Thrones. Uh, I only played the first part, which was excellent. But the thing is that those are really storytelling games. Yes. There might be side bits that are almost kind of game-like. But we've talked about this before. They're more like interactive stories. Right, and and they're going to take pretty much a certain amount of time, no matter how you play it. Exactly, and it's not a huge amount. Gone Home is like what two, three hours. Uh, to the moon, similar time, really. Um, but the thing is, the key there is that those aren't expected to be paid for, uh, for for sixty bucks. No, those are titles where maybe they'll come out at fifteen twenty, and maybe you know, like I would probably catch them on sale for five or ten, maybe not five, more like ten. Right and and consider that okay ten dollars for a probably game I'll probably play only one time through but I got like I don't know three to five hours of enjoyment that's a decent amount of time that's like that's like a movie ticket right yeah I think that's no, a, right. that's a fair in my mind that's a fair amount of t- money to spend for entertainment time if right. I if I'm paying sixty dollars for a game is five hours worth of you know entertainment worth it probably not mm. frankly. Mm. I, I would I can see why people would be a little cheesed about uh, about that with the order. Yeah, um, I mean it's a it's a big and very highly publicized game. Um, you know, you, you don't. I, I think getting a getting ten hours of experience out of that is probably would be pretty disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what about the opposite? I mean, do, have you have you played a game that was too long, or would you nominate a game that was that was just too long? Yes, and and this is this is the other side of the spectrum. Is the, these are games that may like if you just looked at the at the playtime, the hours. And I remember this specifically with games in the nineties. Like you, you would look at. Um, I, I remember specifically playing Secret of Mana and mm-hmm. said, "Oh, you know, seventy hour epic or something like that." Like on the box, right? Uh, which I, they don't seem to really do stuff like that anymore. Like say no. how long it's going to take you to play on the box, right? Um, but there are some games that really artificially lengthen things. I mm-hmm. felt that with games like Xenogears. I felt that was just, it dragged, you know, yeah. like games like I was ready for it to be done. Um, frankly, you know what? Honestly, To the Moon, I think, got, it shouldn't have been any longer. Hmm. I think I think with the the story they were telling and, you know, what was going on, if it if it literally had been any longer, it would have felt dragged out. You know, it's it, like it's like going to watch a movie that's four hours long versus you know two hour and a half hours long. You really start to feel it. It's it's starting to hit me that there is a certain element of this that we're talking about. I guess that that only really probably refers to certain genres. You know, of of which are the ones we probably talked about. You know, RPGs most specifically. And probably first-person shooters, because shooters are so prevalent and shooters have kind of a, a greater story arc these days and a greater kind of RPG elements to them. 
Um, it's difficult to categorize other games this way. Maybe an adventure game that was too long, that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But I, I, the first thing I think of when I think of a long game are games that are inherently supposed to be really ridiculously long. I'll give you a quick example. I uh, signed up for, because I, I just thought, man, this would be great. I heard a lot of great things about a game called Crusader Kings 2. Yeah. I've played okay. that. It's a good game. Yeah. I said Crusader Kings 2. This is fantastic. I've heard great things about it. And it was free on Steam over the weekend. Free? Free. So I Damn. got it. Well, I mean, free to play. Oh, I see week. what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, man, I actually paid for mine like a chump. Yeah, it was actually for a week. But anyway, so I, I installed it and um, I said, okay, this is great. So I went to go play the game. And when you first boot it up, it's got this cool sequence. I went, man, this is the game for me. This is fantastic. I, fi- I finally found something that can replace Lords of the Realm 2. Because that's really what it is when you think about it. And the game pops up and it says, do you want to play the tutorial level? And I said, yes, I want to play the tutorial. Go. And it pops you on onto the screen and you have no idea what to do. It doesn't tell you what to click. There's absolutely nothing to this whatsoever. Literally, there are about 100,000 buttons on the screen. (laughs) And there's no text box saying, this goes here, and you want to do this. And these are the goals of the game. It simply pulls you into this world and says, hey, just start clicking stuff, numbnuts, because you're going to break things anyway. Might as well go screw it up, and we'll explain to you why you screwed it up. (laughs) And And I stop at that point, and I'll be honest with you. If you went and checked my Steam account, I think I literally played the game for about five minutes. <clears throat> because as soon as I saw that, I said, I'm out of here. Yeah, that is I a closed h- it. huge, it's a s- hugely steep learning curve. And yeah. I found myself watching uh, somebody play the mm-hmm. um, Game of Thrones modifier of mod for that game for like, you know, 30 minutes just to learn how the thing works. So I watched someone play the game for 30 yep. minutes and said, meh. Good enough. I, I don't have seventy hours to learn how to play this game. <laughs> I think I, I think that's that's how I decided to actually buy the game was because I watched so much. And the, this goes into a whole different concept of of let's players and and their uh, yeah their utility basically. But uh, that that's how I learned how to play the game, and I, I found it way more useful than the the, the tutorial. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's, it is funny. I can think of many more games I thought were too long compared to games I thought were too short. Mm-hmm. I think that's telling Yeah, in my mind. I mean, could you say the same? Yeah, I mean, I think you're probably right. So so with all that said, is it, I mean, is it fair? Is it a fair criticism? Maybe, maybe to wrap it up, uh, uh, the whole yeah. topic, but the, the analysis paralysis. But is, yeah. it, is it even fair? a fair criticism to say that a game is too short. Uh, you know, again, I think there are a couple genres where that applies and none of them else, none of the other ones do. Or, or I mean, what, I, what I mean is like, would it be better to say that the entertainment, uh, value for lack of a better word would be a better, uh, like, like the, 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 the RPI, uh, not RPI, the ROI is the return on investment. Um, a, a better way to say it instead of just game length. Well, I you would know. say Portal was too short, but Portal was an excellent game, right? So, so and, would, yeah, would would you feel that that was a good ROI? Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was especially because it's part of a huge collection. But you know, something that was too long, you know, 
I think I would take that into account as a consumer, but it wouldn't necessarily make me. Re- I'm sure Crusader Kings 2 is awesome. I just have no time to put into that game like that. Forget it. <laughs> so, you know, does that make it a bad game? No. In, in my mind, it, that doesn't make negative connotations with the game. It just means that I don't have the patience to play it. So I, does that really make the game bad? Make the, the game good by virtue of how long or short it is? Not really. I, I think I think in the grand scheme of things, it's a. Um, it's not. It shouldn't be a major indicator of whether or not a game is good or bad. I think it's yeah. something easy to pick out because it's something. It's like a, it's an as as opposed to saying like, oh, this graphic is good. These graphics are good, or the this. <laughs> this storyline is bad or whatever, you know, if you look at a game, yeah, exactly. Well, you can look at a game and say, Oh, that is six hours to beat. I saw the video on YouTube. That is a hard quantitative number. Six hours is too short. The end, you know, they, they, they they take a qualitative value and put it to a quantitative, use a quantitative number to back it up. I think you're right. And I think that's, that's, that's the, that's the exclamation point at the end of the sentence. I I just don't think the length of the game makes it good or makes it bad. I think it can make it better or worse. It can make the experience better or worse, but it, it doesn't make a game good or bad. It's it's really it all comes down to the level of fun, the mechanics, and the way that you can kind of immerse yourself in the experience that makes a game good or bad, depending on how you look at it. Period.com. Period.com. Okay, so um, good. That was good. That was a good, that was a nice brisk conversation there. And we are moving along. We are moving along, which brings us to the third portion of the program, yes. which if you were listening earlier, uh, has something to do with asking questions. And if any of you do have questions you would like us to answer on the air right now, live, unless you're listening afterwards, of course, in which case, <laughs> sorry, um, come and join us for the next one, if you can. You don't have to get off work. We still love you. But make every effort. Okay. Uh, well, before we get into the Q&A section. Yeah. Oh wait, well, I mean, they can send you any or send you a t- tweet. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you have any question about anything Sorry. we talked about tonight, anything else you. in the world, just go ahead, send me a private message in the chat, and look, lo and behold, my name is actually Commodore One Twenty Eight. Send that to me if you're in the chat. If you'd like to uh, tweet at me, I'll take. I'll be accepting questions as we always have there as well. So at it's the Commodore, tweet your questions there. So I'd like to uh, let, let's use this uh, transition to read yet another iTunes review. Uh, oh. Again, uh, feel free to uh, rate us on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever else. We love you for it. Um, by William Schultz. <clears throat> I'm only saying his name, his full name, because it's out there in, in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Four stars oh, out of five. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Love this podcast, but... Hate um, the commie. <laughs> hate the commie. For those who haven't listened, this is a great gaming tech humor podcast produced by Plan the Gray Wolves guys. I found them through 16-Bit Gems and will most likely check out uh, anything they put online. Oh, that's awesome. They are awesome. Now, I know they are recording this podcast live alongside a live chat. While it's impressive and unique, I wish they would uh, just focus on the topics. That um, and the audio quality can be mediocre at times. Rue being we quiet. Fixed yeah, we Rue, fixed that. Rue being we quiet while Commodore's mic is peaking. Anyways, I know this I know the I know the podcast is for fun and it is fun. Just a note from a fan, please don't stop doing what you guys are doing. So oh, thank nice. thank you, William. That is very nice. Um yeah, I people Do you read the PS. There's a PS? Yeah, PS. Please. I hate the Commodore. Oh PS. Yes, PS. There, it is. there you yeah, go. There it is. You're right, I missed yeah. it. How didn't I see that? 
I don't know. Um, Blocked it out. I, there actually have been a few reviews noting the audio quality. Uh, up until a few episodes ago, I... Do, do you want to come clean about this? Since, yeah. Since everyone thinks I did this, <laughs> that I was the one over here that, that didn't give a shit about my volume. Well, <laughs> I might have had you a little bit too high on, on the Skypey Skype. You might have had me a little too high. You found out that you, the entire time, <laughs> you, what you thought was my volume... Had nothing to do with my volume whatsoever. So you're sitting there, you know, oh, nothing's making a difference. Back away from the microphone. Okay, is this good enough? <laughs> uh, yeah, your face. Anyway, so I think we fixed that. I think I think we're both pretty good. I've listened to the, you know, I've listened to the recordings the past few times, and they sound good to me. People in the chat, please tell me otherwise. Um, but unfortunately, we still have a large. Um, plethora, a plethora of previous episodes where we sound like poo-poo, um, mostly you. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's generally fixed. Uh, beyond that, though, um, yeah, it, it can be challenging because this is live. There's not a lot of editing that really goes on when I put this up in the in the in the uh, podcast format. So we're not as we're not as clean. Uh, cleanly edited as a lot of other podcasts that go up there. But you know what? We enjoy the live portion. I think the people in the chat do. Uh, and hey, it is for fun. So we're always willing to take constructive criticism. And, yes. And I think, uh, yeah, that, that, that was pretty good. Well, I, I think we're moving a little bit mo- you know, quicker tonight. We're, we're, we're mostly on point. We, we, uh, We've actually been hitting our marks pretty well, so the best thing to do is keep going. Next. We screamed a lot about, well, I screamed a lot about futurists, but other than that, we've, we've stayed on topic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the people like it when you scream about people that they know about from the media. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I think. All right, so, um, yes, the, the third portion of the program, which happens to be the question and answer portion of the program, lots of good questions are already coming in. Oh, so uh, this is one of those... This is one of those rare programs where I will probably have to just kick a lot of these out because we're getting a lot of good questions here. But anyway, don't. That doesn't mean stop sending in your questions. If you really want something for us to answer, please send it over. Okay. Uh, first, though, I do. I do have a another tid and bit that I forgot about that is abs- is vital that we speak about this. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure who or who does not know this, but. The one and only Rue on this podcast is a full year older than the last time we we joined together on this program. I aged a full year. You didn't even you know You aged it. an entire year. Yes. And How I had, did that happen? Well, I was born like 33 years ago. See? That's pretty much it, actually. All right. So I want everybody on the chat to say happy birthday to Rue because he is... <laughs> the day after his birthday well thank you for that um, So happy birthday rue all right that was not a question beyond that though i do have a nice picture i should share with the with the chat folks uh oh. if you're listening on the podcast i'm sorry for wasting your time but uh my uh girlfriend got me a lovely cake um here she is on the twitter the cake is a lie um which a little bit difficult to see there, but basically uh, conspired with some of my coworkers to get me a uh, a Super Mario themed cake from Whole Foods, part, part of which is sitting in my fridge and waiting to be eaten as soon as this is done. Mm. Uh, it's it's uh, lovely, and uh, she is a lovely person, and I I thank her for that. The, all right, the see end. now now you get all the and there's all the mm, perfect. All the, <laughs> yeah, 
All right, here we go. So I'm jumping right in. Here's an awesome question. I, I, I love this one. Alatar asks, of these three elements, which do you think is most important to mm. an RPG? Neon. Wait, Argon. A good combat system? <laughs> level of world detail and atmosphere? Mm. Or variety of experiences, i.e. side quests, Lars Beastiary, alternative endings? That's a very good question. It's not a great question. Man, I love that question. I'm going to go basic. I think it's the, uh, what was the first one? Like, how exactly was it put? Good combat system, level of world detail and atmosphere, or variety of experience. I'm going to say it really comes down to the combat system. Uh, I'm, I'm going to generally put that in with gameplay uh, as a more general kind of moniker. <clears throat> Final Fantasy X, I think, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that didn't go as well with that game. It's a very linear game. But mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it, mostly because of the great combat slash gameplay system. The fact well, that because it's nice and linear, which is, was a nice break at that point. No, uh, that's true too. But I mean, the thing is, is that the fact that you can use in th- you only have three people battling at any time, but you, c- you have access to anyone in your party at that time. Mm-hmm. Whereas previously, if you started a uh, battle in a Final Fantasy game with like three or four people, you were stuck with those three or four people until you're dead, right? Or or they're dead. You know, right. that and then the whole, you know, the grid system, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was called, but the grid system where you could unlock different skills however you wanted, some were harder mm-hmm. to get than others, depending on who you were. So, you know, you could, it was just, it was really well put together and I, I, I really enjoyed it because of that. So I use that as an example to say that to me, the gameplay matters most. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Um, the, the combat system is more mechanical. The other two of these are more kind of um, atmospheric to a certain degree. Um, I lo- although I would I would like to be able to say the level of world detail and atmosphere is is the most important because I think atmosphere is such a great it's it, atmosphere when I think about it is is really the reason why Chrono Chrono uh, Trigger is such a well revered game. Mm. It just it develops such a tremendously good atmosphere with the music with the the artistry with the, the animation. Well, plus um, all the extra side quests and replayability, which was really unknown for an RPG at that time, and true in a lot of ways, even still today. So it's unique. But I, 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 I agree with you. I think a good combat system is probably what you, you're. Let's face it: if you spend time playing an RPG, most of your time, especially if you have to do power leveling things like that, which make a game longer, uh, you're going to be doing in the battle system. So that's why I think so. Also, quick update. It's yeah. still snowing and it's starting to snick, stick. Okay. Ooh, starting to snick. Starting to snick. Tonight, um, are you afraid of the dark? After Clarissa yes. explains it all. Anyway. And she did. Let's just face it. <laughs> all right. So, a uh, good friend of the program and the site, DTX180, asks Excluding Symphony of the Night, what is your favorite Castlevania game? Ooh. Because DTX one eighty knew that we were going to say Symphony of the Night. Let's just let's face it. Uh, I feel we've gotten this before. I think I came up with Rondo of Blood for the uh, TurboGrafx CD. Well, that's because you you actually don't you own that or didn't you play it or something like that? Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I played it, but I yeah. I, I don't own a TurboGrafx CD, unfortunately. But yeah, but I thought you were emulating <laughs> it or something. You, like you got it? No? Yes? Maybe? Okay. <laughs> It's it's really an excellent game. Uh, it's a shame it it was really watered down with Dracula X on the Super Nintendo, but um, no, it's great. Uh, 
I also really enjoy Super Castlevania 4 on the Super Nintendo and mm-hmm. Castlevania 3, although hard as balls, I like the uh, character shifting that they had. I say Castlevania 4. Um, I know another oh, one you I'll really t- like. If you know what I mean. Oh, um, I know what you're talking about. Bloodlines? No. Oh, I thought you really liked Bloodlines. I, I know. I, I, I love Bloodlines. It's oh, a great okay. game. It's not one of my favorite <laughs> Castlevania. I would, I would put four ahead of Bloodlines. Um, I thought you were going to say, so there are probably 64. four or five, and I can think of everyone but the one. Oh, um, no. So they're, they're all something of something. So there's uh, <laughs> Portrait of Ruin. That's true. They are something of something. Um, I don't know what was it. Shadows of Ecclesia. I think that was the one that was my favorite. Shadow of Mordor. Uh, Shadow of Mordor. <laughs> that was a good Castlevania game. It was great. So all those are really good. You know, the other thing is, uh, Lord of Shadow is an underrated game. I actually really enjoyed that uh, with Patrick Stewart narrating. You know, Excellent. I did. I honestly did not play a lot of the. Um, uh. uh metroidvania games mm, metroidvania games are so good oh they are i just never did really oh, good. they kind of suck anyway all right um okay how about the lord of nothing uh lord of if murder I... shall perish sorry the lord of murder shall perish. that's from Baldur's gate mm-hmm. if i ever make a game, and I'm working on some. Would you two like to be the voice actors? Yeah, of course. Yeah, done. Yeah. Okay. Next. Now, are you just saying that as like a as Call a for age. instance, or are you actually working on a game? Because that you know, come on, let's get this, let's get this done. Get the ball rolling. I know. <laughs> I, I would your be people, a, your people need to call our people. I'd be a terrible voice actor. I hate my voice so much. I I hate my voice, but I I like talking to the wall, so it would work perfectly for me. <laughs> this is true i've seen you do it. um yeah exactly i don't have a conversation <clears throat> i don't care all right so uh excellent friend of the program sonic rose asks indie games do you think they're generally on the whole more more satisfying than their pricier triple a cousins hmm. always always good questions from sonic i rose. do like indie games on the whole on the whole preparation age does feel pretty good <laughs> um Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what happens when you start quoting Austin Powers. Everything goes well. Awry. You don't start a question with "on the whole." Anyway, I didn't do it. Indy, you said that. Oh no, no, no! There it is. Yeah, you, you, it's, it's in the middle of the question. I didn't make it up. Indy, it was in the middle of the question. Indy games. Do you think they are generally, on the whole, more, <laughs> more satisfying than their pricier AAA cousins? Six-year-old. Uh, more generally more satisfying. I'm gonna I'm gonna reword that question as a bang for the buck type thing. Yeah, and even then, not really answer the question because the problem with indie games is that there are so many of them. Yeah, I know. Uh, like, like indie records or the, indie movies. There's almost less quality control. Now there is less quality control than with AAA games. There's there's yeah. a reason there are so few AAA games. Um, yeah. because they're really they expensive. Yeah. They have to go through several layers of committees and crap to be approved. Um, All true. Having said that, I I I don't 
know if that's an answerable question because it, there, just the wide range of quality available in an indie game. Like I was saying before, um, uh, Order of Ecclesiastes, whatever it's called, uh, 1866, the Order 1866, it got like 65% on Metacritic or something, and that's yeah. bad. That's true. I mean, it's like the range for a AAA game is like between 60% and theoretically 100%, but normally more like 90%. It'll, it'll be somewhere in there. An indie right. game can be anywhere, you know, yeah. frankly. Um, yeah. So it's it's difficult. It's just a different swath of quality. Um, I'm going to answer the question and say no. Okay. I don't think they're, they're generally more satisfying than the price of your cousins. I don't think so. I think that... Um, I think there are, there are a lot of bad games that are indie, just like there are a lot of bad games that are not. And I think there are plenty of good games that are AAA titles and uh, offer some really awesome and tremendous experiences that, that kind of push the, the, the realm of what video games can do. Hmm. That's not necessarily the focus of indie games at all. So we're talking, you know, it's kind of apples and oranges. Plus, let's face it, a lot of uh, AAA games, at least non-Nintendo ones, because those hold their value for a long time, hmm. drop quickly in price. You know, so you can be a patient gamer and wait six months and get the order or whatever for probably 30 bucks, yeah. maybe. Right. If that. Um, especially because it's got lukewarm reviews. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, but I'll try. Gurk16. Jerkin the Gherkin. As a question. What is, I'm going to read this perfectly exactly as he wrote it. What is, dun dun dun. <laughs> Your favorite typeface. <laughs> Why did I ask that question? Because it's awesome. Uh, everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. Gotcha. Um, do you have an answer first? Uh, Helvetica. Oh, that is such a hipster answer. No, it's not. Just go watch the Helvetica documentary. Screw you, you Helvetica. Okay. It's awfully mean. I'm going to go with... <clears throat> Highway Gothic. All right, moving on. <laughs> now, the... do, you, do you know what that is, though? No. It's. it's it, I, I just think it's interesting. Like, Highway Gothic is... Here, I'm just quoting here. It's a set of sans-serif typefaces developed by the United States Federal Highway Administration and used oh. for road signage in the U.S., Canada, Turkey, Mexico, Australia, Norway, Spain, Venezuela, the Netherlands, Brazil, Argentina, China, Taiwan, Malaysia, Indonesia, India, Mongolia, and New Zealand. China is using our typeface. How awesome is that? That is pretty cool. That's like one of the... Forget Helvetica. Highway Gothic like is one of the most ubiquitous typefaces out there it's like murica it is it's murica invading the world as we like to do that's great take it um great question thank you uh grubba asks what are your thoughts on the last guardian trademark being dropped now I, I i read something about this so i don't know all the detail but apparently sony is basically saying oh don't worry yeah. We're still working on it. It's just not to call the same thing. And, <clears throat> you know, we just kind of let that go because it was a concept or whatever. Um, you know. Yeah, they said that it's not dead. Yeah. Which is I mean, vague. It's not, it's not dead. They just don't <laughs> own it anymore. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I don't have strong last, feelings, but. No, but the last Guardian concept looked really friggin' cool. 
but you have to realize that at this point it's it's you know a long it's it's very very old and all the people that put that together don't even work at sony anymore yeah so it's it's probably time to move on if you're looking for the last I, yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't hold up a lot of hell it, it's like people well it, i don't know it's it's similar to people holding out hope for a beyond good and evil too it's yes probably not gonna happen sorry all right Marquis. Uh, says, Rue, it was great seeing you at MAGFest, and I wish we could have talked more. No. I miss seeing the Commodore, though I understand he is a responsible parent. Well, okay. he's a parent. I'm a parent. <laughs> uh, being responsible is not... Uh, they don't make you prove yourself with your responsible card before you can have a baby. Trust me. Uh, my question is, which gaming generation will be remembered more fondly in the future? GameCube, PS2, Xbox, or Wii, PS3, 360. So that would be Generation 6 or 7. Hmm. Did I get that right? Yeah, it's something like that. Hmm. So, I think it's difficult because it always depends on who the, uh, you know, the age of the of the general population, right? Um, I don't know. I'm not so convinced about this one. I think... So, so, so like, what I will say, say is, fifty years from now, when all is yeah. said and done, more or less, yeah. and, and this is a twinkle in the eye, what's going to be better looked at? I think. Yeah. So let let's talk about the the highlights of, of both of both of the the generations. Mm. In the first one, you'd have to you have to look at the PS2 because the PS2 is probably probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, video game console of all time. It, it truly, yeah, a very prolific prolific. Brought gaming all over the world. It was it was a fantastic system, and um, it's still going strong. Crazy enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say for the the next generation, it would be the Wii. The Wii was a runaway success. It it changed a lot of things for video gaming and made video gaming accessible to a lot more people than previously. I don't think these two things are close in terms of which one will be remembered more fondly. Not necessarily the one that was more um, impactful. Yes. I would say more fondly is going to be the Wii PS3 360 precisely because the Wii brought basically a generation of people, generations of people that never had anything to do with video games into the video gaming world. And in many ways, I think that's going to be, even if it was just a novel flash in the pan, uh, will be remembered more fondly in video game history. I, I think the vast I think I think the majority of the population will look on the PS2 generation more fondly. Just because mm. so many people were a part of it, yeah. But in my mind, I think the better generation was the one after uh, across all platforms. Oh, yeah. frankly. no, the, the, the best generation was the one after. I just, I well, the I better, not the best, it. but um, yeah, yeah. I still like the 16-bit era, but obviously, <clears throat> um, no. But seriously, I mean, like we had some really good games. 360 had some really good games, and the PS3, especially toward the end of the lifetime, had some really amazing games. I really need to get a PS3, frankly. Yeah. Because uh, I still need to play some of these things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I mean, the GameCube and the Xbox had some good games, but not overwhelmingly impressive. Mm. Um, so for me, it's that's not a that doesn't stick out as well in my mind. I I I, I, I see your point. I just disagree. Yeah. All right. So um, how about <laughs> I need to I need to learn how to say this gentleman's name, Anuvong asks with retro games making a comeback in recent years do you think classic coin-op arcades will also make a comeback like Mm. the kinds you see at shopping malls and plazas back in the day they are 
um, in the form of barcades. Yeah, that's it's, true. That's becoming more of a thing uh, in my is area. It, is, it, is it still becoming more of a thing? Or it did that is. Kind of, it is. Did that thing kind of cap out like two years ago? No. Uh, two two, two uh, just opened up near me in oh, the past wow. few months. Nice. Um, and there was uh, no, I'm sorry, three. If you're looking like in, like in the past half year, three have opened up in the area that I know of, uh, and I believe they're doing pretty well. It's like decent prices on the games because they make their profits off of the alcohol, and I think that's the way that an ar- a coin up arcade will work nowadays. Is yeah. because um, they aren't w- with the amount of gaming available in the home. Yes. The only way an arcade can really be profitable is by not having their profits depend on the actual games. They need some right. high profit, a high profit, uh, you know, co. I don't know what the, the business term is, but they they need something else that generates profit. In this term, right. in this case, alcohol is a great way to do that. So and don't put too many of those bike games where you have to because drunk that people be don't do well idea. and that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. But I actually haven't checked any of them out. I haven't had the time, but I really want to. It's uh, a great concept. I went to a couple uh, in, in several different uh, cities. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's a great concept. Not so sure I buy into it, but it's cool. I mean, the, yeah, the, the one there's Ground Control, which is the famous one in Portland. I've been to a few times, and it always seems to be hopping. You know, they, they seem nice. to be doing pretty well for themselves. But of course, Portland's kind of an it's, its own interesting little city. But I've heard of lots of others in, like, New York City and, and San Francisco and Denver that do really well so Anton asks what factors do you believe are keeping video games from being respected by the public as much as other forms of media <laughs> well Law and Order SVU isn't doing gamers any favors right now good yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, but but let, let's talk about why that's significant. Is, uh, it, is, is it significant because of the actual episode itself? Absolutely not. It's significant because that is, in so many ways, in, 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 in like three or four little bites, you get a glimpse as to how the general public views video gaming when you watch that episode of SVU. Unfortunately, yeah. Well, I mean... Now, what... I guess the question is why? Why? Why is what is the why is that perception the one that prevails? Well, because and, gamers are seen of as as different in one way or another. You know, it was uh, we're, I don't want to get into this whole big thing. Uh, yeah. Like like I don't know, ten fifteen years ago, it was like oh nerds or, or longer. You know, twenty thirty right. years ago, it's like oh they're different and they're nerds and we we should hate them because of that. Now it's like oh man, they're different and they want to rape all the girls and they kill them and we should hate them because of it. It's like, right. and it's, it's disheartening, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, as far as, right. as far as an art form, it's, <clears throat> there are more gamers than there used to be or people that play games, however you want to put it. Yes. Unfortunately, the populace who does not play games still is blissfully unaware of what you know, why anyone outside of their teens would even play video games or things like that. You know, there's right. definitely a divide still. There's definitely a divide. I think that that is eroding over time. But I think there's also a... Um, I still think the most pivotal juncture in the history of video gaming happened after the crash when Americans simply American retailers simply would not sell video games because of the crash mm-hmm. in a saturated market that Atari 
completely destroyed. Um, when the only way the retailers would stock video games is if they were sold and marketed as toys to kids. Mm-hmm. That decision, although it's the reason why all of us are here, right? I mean, if if Nintendo doesn't hit it the way they hit it in America in 1985, you know, when in the Rob the Robot era uh, on the shelves of Sears, right? Um, none of us, you know, are, are here. None of us love, fall in love with those retro games, and, and video gaming might have stayed dead in this country, um, and probably largely in the Western world. But that decision changed everything because they were marketed as toys. It was what kids did. You went to the toy section to go buy video games. It was something for kids and not for adults. And I just think that that has stuck with video gaming in general and is one of the reasons why it's not going to be revered by many people as a true art form uh, amongst its peers. And let's face it, it's a lot easier to be a moviegoer and a fan of movies than a gamer. You know, it takes a lot less. You don't. You can just go out to the movies, and it takes a lot less effort to watch a Captain America, the latest Captain America movie, than to yeah. get a PS4, download uh, the order or whatever, uh, right. and and play it, and and then you know accept you know kind of digest on what how good the game was and find other people who are willing to play it so you can share that experience with you know it's just right. like it takes a lot more and i think that's why there's still such a divide it does i think you're right and i think the other thing is that you know movies look we, we just had the academy awards right um when the academy was actually formed uh well mostly it was probably to keep out the unions but that was their primary purpose but the second purpose that they had i think was was because they realized the film was getting no respect. Mm-hmm. And they thought that it should. Now, that had nothing to do with awards. It just had to do with they started the Academy because, let's face it, an Academy sounds like a place where people that know stuff about things revere things. Right. Um, yeah, that's and true. I, so I think, you know, there needs to be some kind of Academy of video games. And I'm not sure how, how that comes about. And I'm not sure how those things. Because if you look, by and large, at most of the media that surrounds video gaming, it is sophomoric. Well, it is that ridiculous help. and it is perpetuating the the and, and no one talks about this. There, right? there, I mean, yeah, I mean, there was a thing today about uh, a, a, <clears throat> a Final Fantasy Mystic Quest HD remake that was like like a, the story was picked up by GameSpot as like, oh, there's this thing and you can it's like a Kickstarter and you can spend money on it and blah, blah, blah. It's great. You should go yeah. do it. And right. then not too long after where it just took some po- folks on Reddit to poke holes in it and be like, this is kind of a scam. You probably yeah. shouldn't give money to this. you know. But the fact is that GameSpot picked it up and therefore a lot of other game uh, uh, you know, journalist websites just basically parroted it. And so there's a big problem... Whatever. There's a big problem in the in the games journalism industry. There, there's a few problems. But... Yeah. Eh, all this sounds really negative. I will say that I think it's much more accepted in the general public than it was 20 years ago or even mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Yeah. There, I there's think just is, more I to go. The, and I think, I think the divide, like I say, is, is weakening, is, 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 is getting smaller. I mean, there, is, there are fewer people today, I think, that have the bias against video games as, as they did you know, even t- 10 years ago. 
that being said, um, even moviegoers should have it hard in some ways, right? I mean, if you look at people that are, you know, huge movie people, um, they have a certain stigma in society as well, right? They're, you know, oh, you know, you, you just, you know, sit around and watch movies and you don't play sports and, you know, you're, you know, you're artsy fartsy and all this other kind of stuff. And I think all that's largely unfair. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's levy to people that, that watch movies, people that play video games, you know, get, get, uh, kind of, uh, talked about as being lazy or antisocial or, you know, all these other kinds of things. Again, completely unfair, but it's, it's kind of something that's a prevailing discourse because of all the crap that surrounds video gaming. It's not just about the games themselves. And, and techie, uh, kind of hits nail on the head there when he says video games are seen as a low art by association. Yeah. What one happy uh, thing I can point toward is look at how long comic books were seen as a low art form. Decades and decades. In the past 10 years or so. Ah, a little bit more even. Uh, really, really since X-Men and Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man movies uh, started to elevate. But even especially now with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's seen more as a real storytelling, you know, right. a, a real whatever a real art form you know more so than it was at least and and absolutely i don't think there's anywhere there will be setbacks but i think eventually the trajectory will bring uh, video games up man that was a long answer to that question no but it's good it's uh, it's a a tough question it it very much is a tough question could be its own own topic it could easily be its own topic and one that i would like to talk about because i just saw the uh game over documentary about atari which is fresh in my mind anyway (laughs) um Techie asks, are either of you planning to see Back to the Future, the musical? Yeah, I want to. Is it out? It's not out yet, is it? Uh, I don't think so. I, gotta look at I don't think I'm going to see it. I want to. Is it, um, all, is it only in New York? Yeah, of course. What are you, crazy? Damn. Might be off. Um, Hold on, I'm looking it up. You keep talking. Right after, I, right after I see Spider-Man, turn off the dark. I'm Spider-Man. Is it's that still going? I don't think it's going. Uh, the musical is expected to make its world premiere in London's West End in 2015. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, is that it? No. West End Girls. Okay, it's so not a lot of information about it yet. Yeah. I'd like to see it. I'll see it. If there's any way for me to see it, I'll, I'll see it. I'm not going to see it. <laughs> Let's see. Um, man, that is a crazy-ass question. All right, you ready for a crazy-ass question to finish on? Because I yeah. think we're probably getting to the end here. Let's do that. i got to go make some okay. angels. Um, oh, crap. I just lost it. Where did uh, it I wanted a crazy-ass question. No, this is a crazy-ass question. Now, let's see. Pixel. Pix, pixelsicle. Pix, pixelsicle. Pixelsicle. It's pix, Ian. Pix, pixel. I know, I know who it is. I'm trying to damn it. Not just say Ian. It's fine. Okay, Ian asks, <laughs> in today's political arena, where centrum, centrism is dying, and the extremes, at, where centrism is dying and the extremes grow wider, what do you think the future holds? Mm, that's not about pasta or the housing market. Nope, but that's that is the question of the week. <sighs> you you know, got, I, I, you got thoughts. <laughs> Are, are the extremes really growing, or are are we? Do we just live in a hypermediated world in which the extremes get more airplay? Um, I think it's a feedback loop on itself. I think it's a feedback loop on itself, and I'm not so sure that the extremes are actually as large as we think they are. In many ways, I think most people are just 
you know, kind of uh, just good people that want to take care of their wallet and their families. And at the end of the day, they might have different perspective, perspectives on certain social issues or, or, or um, certain kind of domestic issues. But by and large, people I, I tend to find are, are, are good people that just want to protect their wallets and their, their families. I think there is a growing... How did that question start out? Um, the question started out with, in today's political arena, where centrism is dying. See, I, I, that's what I want to say. I disagree with that. I think there is a, third, a growing third way or a growing third group of people. If you want to call them centrists, you can call them that. But there are people that are dis... I don't know if disenfranchised is the wrong word mm. or is the right word. But they are... They're, they're disillusioned. Disillusioned, thank you. With both major political parties, and I think this is mostly a the young folks in the war in the in the America at this yeah. time. Uh, I think a lot of people, uh, it, uh, it, it's ridiculous. You know, uh, one side constantly lambasts um, uh, the straw man that is the other. Well, yeah, the essentially, other one yes, the straw man that yes. is the other. One side completely lambasted George W. Bush when he was office, and you have the other side doing the exact same, exact same thing to Barack Obama. Basically, literally, nothing they can do is right. And um, some fair and some unfair. Right, and it's like, um, that guy's an idiot, or that guy's whatever, evil, whatever. Join my side, and we'll do it right. And the problem is... It reminds is, me of Futurama, where the two identical, identical candidates yell at each other for being exactly the same. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And the thing is, is that... Both both sides say no. That that's why we've had these major political swings in America in the past decade or so. You know, it was uh, very heavily to the right in two thousand four, very heavily to the left in two thousand six, two thousand eight. Back to the right, back to the left. Now back to the right, and it's um, I you the amount of young people like in their 20 millennials, we'll just say who voted in the last midterm election was astoundingly low, even for a midterm election. And right. I think that's because people like, like people that were like, Oh, okay. In 2012, all right, I'm going to give Obama one more shot. And they're just not thrilled with what he's done since uh, they don't like either side. And I, the question is, can anyone tap into that third way? I don't know. Yeah. And I think from, from, from my own perspective, the, I think this, the center is growing. <laughs> Growing, growing, growing. I think it is. I think, I think it is growing. And I, I, I don't mean necessarily that as a political party. I want to say that as more as a political mindset. And it is yes. that people are kind of sick of the labeling that goes on, which really causes, I think, most of the extremes um, and the feedback loop that we just talked about. You know, if you get rid of that stuff, I think you're going to see that the center is, is growing by and large, which is a good thing because, you know, people need other answers to stuff. There needs to be something going on. Yeah. <laughs> or as Psychopath or so well puts it, goddamn millennials not reaching for the brass ring. Let's just blame millennials. That works. Yeah. That's good. I like that. <laughs> not reaching for the brass ring. I, I need to, uh, I need to uh, put that on a plaque or something. <laughs> All right. Um... You know, so thank you for hanging in there with us, folks. We're like, glad to be back on the on the real IRC chat and glad to have my real name back, which was good, too. Um, thanks for hanging out with us and talking about the, uh, you know, our, our, our paralysis by analysis, if you will. <laughs> um, just as a reminder, folks, 
We are a bi-weekly podcast now. Yep. So you can find us again back here, same bat time, same bat channel, on Wednesday, March 11th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Hopefully we're not buried in snow. And in the meantime, if you are going to PAX East uh, uh, the weekend of the 7th, March March uh, 6th, 7th, and 8th in Boston, uh, we will be there enjoying ourselves, wandering around, doing things. Unless it snows. Unless it snows, which it would not snow in Boston. That's ridiculous. In March? No. So uh, if you're there and you see us, you want to say hi, please do. We love saying we love seeing you folks. So, yes, we do. Um, All right. Good. So, yes, check out the podcast. You already know where to find me at. It's the Commodore. Tweet at me. Ideas, thoughts, whatever you think. (laughs) Also, I've I've been reminded a new Mother 4 fan game trailer has been released. So you should go check it out. There you go. There you go. All right. Very good. Well, um, so, yeah, we'll be back in two weeks, folks. And, you know, just a reminder, we're doing that every two weeks to be more regular, like your diet should be. Mm-hmm. On the whole. On the whole. Your diet. <laughs> we're more regular. And we're mixing. We're more yeah, regular we're on the whole. Yeah, you know. Uh, what? I don't, I don't know where that went. That wasn't where I was trying to go with that. Uh, <laughs> well, the, the aim is to get you a couple more shows a year. So, you know, keep that in mind, too. Right? Yes. So, you know, if you like what we're doing, please let us know. All right. Okay, folks. Well, looks like we're not going to be at an hour and 45 tonight. Looks like we might get away with an hour and a half, which is pretty daggum good when you think about it. Uh, we're at an hour 16 right now, actually. Oh, oh, hey, look at that. Doing all right. <laughs> uh, we'll try yeah, to have fine. more of the same with this in the in the future. So uh, if you were ever getting upset about the uh, the length of the podcast, we apologize. And then if you weren't, shove it. then just listen to it backwards. That doubles the length of the podcast. Oh, okay. I was wondering where you were going with that. Anyway. Yeah. You just listen to it forwards, listen to it backwards. Why not? <laughs> it makes it twice as long. This needs to end. Uh, it needs to end. <laughs> okay, folks. Uh, we, we, uh, we hope to see some of you at PAX. We thank you, as always, for watching. And for Rue, I am the Commodore, and there is no reset button. ask you a question it's very important are you ready okay do you want to build a snowman come on let's go and play i never see you anymore come out the door it's like you've gone away ah i think i screwed up the song crap you, you screwed it up it's okay i got a good it, try i gotta let it go